Hey, Inspired Church family, what an absolute privilege to be able to share the word this morning, especially since we've got a new theme. The new theme is Hope Has a Name. And you know, we are in December, can't believe it myself, you know, in the middle of the year, even about a month or so ago, it just felt like the year was going at a snail's pace and already, boom, here we are. It's December, it's a new month, it's summer. Christmas is just around the corner. And you know what I love about this season is, you know, we tend to spend a little bit more time with family and friends, but also it's a time to reflect on the goodness of God that, you know, Jesus is the hope of the world. And that's why our new theme is Hope Has a Name. That name is Jesus. And and I want to encourage you as we, you know, spend a few moments reflecting on what hope is, just to be open to receive. You know, I really believe that as we discuss this, and I've got three keys I want to share about how I stay a hope-filled person, and we've got some great scripture in here to inspire us. You know, I'm really believing that um, by the end of this message, you're going to be leaving feeling more hope-filled than before. So church, I want to encourage you, raise your expectation and your faith right now. Join with me as we pray because, um, you know, God's so good. We want to commit this moment right now. Uh, join with me. God, I want to thank you that you are so good, that you're so loving, that you're faithful. God, I want to thank you that right now we have an opportunity to, to pause and to reflect on you. And God, my prayer is that we would be more filled with hope. God, that we would be filled with more faith. God, that you would even give a greater revelation of your love towards us. Lord, that as we uh, travel into this Christmas season, God, that we would be people that overflow hope to those around us, regardless of the circumstances we may be in, Lord, that we would overflow hope in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray right now, wherever people are, whether in their homes, they might be on their deck, wherever, they might even be doing church with some other families right now. God, I just pray for each one of us that our ears would be opened, our hearts would be open, ready to receive from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. All right, so, you know, hope is the lesser talked about virtue that we find in 1 Corinthians 13. Now, if you've been to a wedding before or you've been around church long enough, you'll know 1 Corinthians 13. In fact, I was thinking about it probably about a decade ago, maybe a bit longer than a decade. I'm sure every church had a big banner on the side of their stage that had the three virtues on it from this verse. And we're going to read it. It's 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13. And it says this, And now these three remain, faith, hope and love but the greatest of these is love here we see paul summarizing his point about how important love is you know it is core to what we do and how we engage with other people it doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter your position doesn't matter what title you have doesn't matter if you consider yourself a leader or a follower or what spiritual gifts you have if you don't have love it's nothing it's worthless god has called us to be people of love that's what his purpose is for us but you can't ignore faith and hope in that journey because they're all interlinked 
You know, you can't be a person of love without faith and without hope. And, you know, you don't have to be at this church for long to hear about faith. You know, this church, Inspire Church, was built on faith. And I really want to honor our incredible senior pastors, Pastor Don, Pastor Julia. You know, uh, last week, if you were listening to the message, you would have heard so many stories of how every time they said yes to Jesus, God did some incredible things in and through them and how that built faith and enabled them to step out into some pretty impossible situations. And that's what faith is. Faith enables us to step out in pretty impossible situations. And, and faith is this. It answers the question, can I trust him? Faith answers the question, can I trust? And so, you know, over here I can see a chair. I know you can't see it, but you've probably got one of these at your house anyway. And I'm pretty sure this chair came in a flat pack. Someone would have had to sit there, pull out the yelling key, grab the bolts, put it together. But faith is the confidence I have that if I'm to sit in that chair, I'm going to stay sitting. I'm not going to fall over. The whole thing's not going to fall apart. Um, that the legs are going to stay attached, the back's going to stay attached, and it's going to function as it's designed. I've got faith that I can sit down in that chair and stay sitting. And as we know, Hebrews 11 verses 1 says this, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and insurance about what we do not see. You know, faith enables us to go from point A to point B. It's what drives us forward. It goes on to say in Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. I like to flip that one around. You know, with faith, it's possible to please God, people, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What I love is, you know, faith is so much more than just, can I sit in the chair? Faith enables me to know that, you know, I might be in a place where things look bleak. Maybe it's my health, but I can have faith in God that he can heal. How do I know that? It's spurred by something, right? There's got to be something that tells me. A bit like I, I, I've got to know, it's not blind that if I sit in that chair, um, it's going to help me sit. Um, you know, I can know that because Scripture tells me that God is a healer. I can know that because I've experienced it in my own world, that God is a healer. Many of you have heard the story about how God has healed me of asthma. I mean, many of you would have heard the amazing story about how God, or been here when it happened, when, um, you know, passed it on, was paralyzed in that accident at the men's event. This is many years ago. And then God healed him. You know, through Scripture, through our own experiences, through the experiences of others, we can have faith, we can have that confidence and that we hope for um, and assurance about what we do not see to propel us from point A to point B. This is what faith does. You know, we can have faith that God accepts us and that He loves us without having to become somebody or something only to then be seen by God. You know, we live in a day and age where in our culture, people are obsessed with identity, that we've got to become something or, or somebody so that we can finally be accepted. But we can rest assured in God that He sees us, 
that He loves us, that He wants to connect with us and meet with us. How good is that? That is faith. That's the confidence. It's the answering the question, can I trust that? Can I have that confidence? That's what faith is. And what hope does is it focuses our expectation. You know, hope help fuels our faith. The definition of hope is this. It's a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. You know, I faith that when I sit in that chair, I'm going to be able to sit. And so I've got great expectation and hope that I can sit after this and just chill out for a little bit. Uh, you know, hope is that desire. It's the propels us from the A to B. I can have hope in the middle of being sick that God will heal me. I can have hope right now that even as I preach this, I'm preaching this knowing that God is smiling at me, that he's pleased with me as I'm stepping out into the calling that he has for me, that you can have hope where you're sitting right now watching this, that God loves you, that God cares about you, that God sees you. You know, I love the Psalms because it's filled with so much about hope. Psalm 27, 13 to 14, listen to this. I will remain confident in this. There's that word confident. I can have faith that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What a thing to have hope for. You know, that God isn't just, you know, got something stored up for us in eternity, that that's when we experience His goodness, but we can experience it now in the land of the living because that's who our God is. He's loving, He's good, He's faithful. And that's why, as it goes on to say, we can wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. We can wait and trust in Him. We can have peace in that and confidence in that. We can be hopeful because God is good, right? Psalm 42 verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? We can all be there. You know, it's hard to always be on the mountaintop, right? There are still valleys and things that we go through in life. Not all of our circumstances are going to be filled with hope. Sometimes we find ourselves in what seems like hopeless circumstances. But this is what I love about the Psalms. Stir yourself up in hope. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. You know, hope is interlinked with faith. It helps keep that faith fueling us for, I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. I love that praise is a bit of a key there, which we'll talk about in a, in a little bit. Psalm 62, 5 to 6. Listen to this. Yes, my soul, fine, rest in God. My hope comes from Him. You know, God is the source of our hope. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. What an incredible thought that even in the most hopeless of scenarios, even in the most crazy of circumstances, we can rest assured and be confident in God and not be shaken. We can have hope. Why? Because we can have faith and trust that God is who He says He is, that He is faithful, that His promises are yes and amen. Man, my hope's being stirred right now as I'm reading these. I hope yours is too. So faith answers the question, can I trust? That's why we can have faith. That's why we can have confidence. Hope focuses our expectation. 
towards that truth. And then love is our response. 1 John 3, 18 to 19. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. You know, love is a verb. It's an action word. It's not just something we say. And this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. You know, it's through being people of love. That's who He's called us to be. 1 John 4, 7 and 9. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. That is a challenge. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. You know, hope is at the core of the gospel. That's why we can have hope because God has already demonstrated that love for us. That's why we can have faith because God has already demonstrated that love for us. It's the core of the gospel. You know, at its essence, Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us, me, you, whether it's just some dumb things that we do, we've short, fallen short of that glorious standard because God is perfect. Whether, you know, it, it, it's on the scale of something dumb through to the most heinous of crimes, all of us have sinned. All of us has fallen short of that glory. All of us haven't measured up. None of us are perfect. None of us can attain it on our own. That sounds like the most darkest, most hopeless of situations. But this is the gospel, Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love for us that while we're still sinners, whilst we were still failing to be perfect, failing um, to, to measure up whether we are bound up by addictions, by just failing over and over and over again. He chose to die for us so that we could be set free, that we could experience His love, that we could experience that not only one day, but even in the here and now. So check this out. If we go a couple of verses earlier, I love this. Romans 5 verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I love that. Our hope does not put us to shame. You know, God didn't just wrap up His love and put it up on a shelf on display for us to see and hope for, but He has, in His generosity, poured it out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. In His generosity, we experience His love. You know, even now you can experience His love poured out. You know, many of us have experienced His love poured out, reviving us, filling us with life, cleansing us, washing away all shame and guilt. That is the gospel. That is why we can be filled with hope because we can experience it right now. 
And I don't know about you, but as you're listening to these verses, you can start to see how it's unconnected, interconnected between faith and hope and love and love and hope and faith. You know, I like to think of it as the upward spiral of hope. You know, often we talk about hopelessness as being this downward spiral in attitude and action. And, and, and many of us have seen people go through that or maybe you've experienced that yourself. But God would want us through the Holy Spirit to experience the upward cycle. See, in this verse, we see that um, through the Holy Spirit, we have God's love poured out in us. That's why we can have faith. Sorry, that's why we can have hope and hope inspires faith that we can have confidence in God because of that and remember faith inspires hope you know we have that confidence and then hope gives us that focus for our expectation which helps us to act out in love and be the people that God's called us to be and as we love we experience hope and hope fuels our faith and faith fuels our hope and hope fuels the way that we act and love it is an upward spiral Hope is what the nativity is all about. Remember, it's the gospel. It's why Jesus came to earth. You know, I just want to read this short passage, you know, because it is coming into Christmas and it's Matthew 1, 18 to 22. And it says this, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. In other words, they hadn't slept together. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not... Be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Listen to this. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You know what I love about the Bible is it is a unified story that points to Jesus. And you know, the summary is really this. God created humanity. Humanity chose to do life on their own terms and there is the downward spiral. And God shows mercy and saves. And humanity through their own decisions decides to do the downward spiral. And God shows mercy and saves them. You know, he chooses a people. They find themselves in the middle of oppression and slavery and they cry out and God delivers them out of that. You know, that they even find themselves at a certain point, they're in exile and they're crying out and God raises up a prophet to prophesy the ultimate plan. And Isaiah 7 verses 14, you know, Isaiah the prophet, he says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. This is it. This is him talking about the hope to come. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. And what I love about the nativity, what we're reflecting on, is that hope recognizes that God turns up in the middle of the most hopeless of circumstances. You know, when Jesus arrived, when 
when God took on flesh and dwelt amongst us, it was when, you know, the chosen people uh, uh, in the middle of Roman oppression, it's dark, that it could, you know, be feeling hopeless, but God arrives. And not only to, to save, but it wasn't just for them, it was for all of humanity. And I love this, that, you know, God was willing to come to earth, to roll up his sleeves, to get his hands dirty in the act of uh, setting us free. How incredible to bring life. Hope recognizes that God turns up in the middle of hopeless circumstances. Hope recognizes that God can make the impossible possible. Just like Jesus could be born of a virgin, just like God could take on flesh, just like, uh, you know, Jesus could die and, and um, be resurrected so that we could be set free. Just like, you know, you could be sick and God heals you. Just like you could be in the most dire of situations and God pulls through and, and, and brings provision. You know, we can hope, we can have faith that God makes the impossible possible. So, how do we become more hope-filled and not just hopeful? You know, hope is a gift, but it's also a choice. And I've been thinking about the fact that, you know, like faith, you need to exercise hope. Um, you know, it, it's like, you know, when you're exercising your muscles, it's so hard to begin with. You know, it can be really hard to be hope-filled when your circumstances don't reflect where you're moving towards. It's, it's point A, it's not point B. Um, but the more you exercise, the more it becomes easier. And, you know, the more you exercise hope, the more hope-filled you are. You know, it's like a plant that needs to be cultivated and tended to. You can have a plant just there, but, you know, as you tend to it and you cultivate it, it becomes bigger and stronger and more fruitful. So here are quickly three things I do in my own life. The first is this, reflecting. Reflecting cultivates hope in your world you know take a moment even today take a moment to reflect on what God has said and what he's done you know scripture is a great way to know who God is and what he says about you and scripture is a great way to see what God has done in the past I also love to reflect on what God has done in my world or what God has done in other people's world to, to, um, to inspire faith in me. You know, prophetic words are a great way to reflect on the hope. You know, what has God said to you? What has been prophesied over you about the journey that you're on? Let that stir up hope in you and also worship. Man, worship has been so um, critical in my world. Uh, you know, even in a time like this where we don't get to all be in the room and worship together like we have, you know, on some of my prayer walks, I just put my headphones on and I listen to some incredible worship. Sorry, I'm just going to take a drink. That just reminds me of the goodness of God. It reminds me of who He is. It reminds me of spiritual and scriptural truths about him and it causes my heart to rise up and begin to worship and recognize who he is and worship stirs faith and it stirs hope so the first was reflecting the second is sharing you know encourage somebody 
as you encourage someone, you too often are encouraged. Share your story. You know, many of you heard the story about me being healed of asthma. Many of you have heard the story about uh, Pastor Don being healed um, when he was paralyzed. You know, many of you have heard the story about um, or we're here and to experience it or be part of it. And I want to thank you for that. When we got this building, uh, you know, I the other day I was looking at Facebook memories and it reminded me many years ago when I had um, graduated from, from university. I was trying to find that first job in the middle of the global financial crisis. And man, I must have applied for 150 jobs. And I do want to thank every one of you who was around back then and you were praying with me. But, you know, I was filled with hope that God was going to provide. And, and sure enough, He did. And God pulled through. And, you know, those moments fill me with hope whenever I'm in a situation when I'm when I need God to pull through and I have hope that God is for me and and he has the best for me and you know even now with kids you know Kim and I were talking about the other day even now with kids I am filled with hope that God provides for them and looks out for them um I was even thinking the other day about you know my beautiful mom I still remember those final days with her she she passed from cancer but I remember being in the hospice and just how hope completely changed the atmosphere in that place you know even the staff other patients there commented on the fact that there's something different about that room as we were filled with hope in that room as we laughed as we shared stories of hope as you know right to the very end mum was filled with hope because we knew it wasn't the end we have a a glorious future that we have an eternity ahead of us that one day we will be reunited. You know, stories like those can help as we share them, fill other people with hope, as well as causing us to reflect ourselves. In fact, I want to encourage you, actually, if you've got hope stories, share them with us. Because, um, you know, we'd love to, to be able to share them with other people in our Inspire family, too. Uh, the last one, so it was reflecting, sharing. The last one is this, participating. You know, one way to be hope-filled is to participating in, in, in bringing hope to other people. So, you know, right now in this season, we've just launched Give the Gift of Groceries. That is a great way to participate in hope that you too are filled with hope. You know, uh, I know Pastor John's going to talk about it soon in the notices, how you can get involved with that. But bless somebody in need. Um, you know, other ways you can participate is just blessing anyone. They don't necessarily have to be in dire need of groceries or something like that. But, you know, every human being wants to be seen, wants to felt heard, uh, wants to feel heard, sorry, you know, wants to wants to feel cared for and known. You know, you can do that for someone. You can partner with God and, and being able to share a word that can bless them. Or, you know, bless them anonymously. Everybody loves a gift. Everybody loves a word of encouragement. Um, do something for someone else and see how God fills you with hope. And I want to leave you this prayer from Paul that you're sure to recognize. We've talked about the scripture a couple of times. Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what I love about that? 
not only does the Holy Spirit pour out love into us, but the Holy Spirit wants us to overflow that hope to other people. And uh, why don't we pray? You know, God, I'm just so mindful right now in this moment that, that God, we've got people all across the spectrum here. God, we've got people who are having on the mountain top moments. And, and Lord, I just pray that you continue to stir up that hope within them. God, that you continue to use them and how you can overflow hope to others. But God, I'm very mindful right now of those in our Inspire family who might be feeling hopeless or might be being caught up in the circumstances around them. Lord, I pray that right now in this moment that God, their eyes would be open to the hope that is you. That God, that you love them, that you accept them, that you have a plan for them that brings a future and a hope, God. Lord, I pray that their eyes would be open to your goodness and that they would experience your love even in this moment. God, I, I also am mindful of those who are listening who are feeling hopeless and maybe they've never reached out to you. In fact, if that is you, I want to encourage you. You know, we've, we've talked about the simple truth of the gospel. Reach out to God right now. You know, as simple as praying a prayer like this where you just go, God, I want to stop running. Lord, I choose to follow you. God, I choose to, to surrender my life and accept your grace and your forgiveness that comes through the cross. Wash me clean in Jesus' name. You know, if you made that decision today, that decision to say yes, why don't you head to inspirechurchnz.com slash Yes, because we want to celebrate with you. We want to join with you and encourage you in that journey. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.